This is where Atlanta soul at this particular point in time, hip hop rolls meets the Nashville sound. The and hits everywhere in between. Ellen Fitz talking music. L. Talkin. And Fitz. We are back with the most creatively named podcast in all of the land. L. And Fitz talking music. I feel like I have to just do a mouth air horn. You're listening to Ellen Fitz talking music. You just heard the intro. I, L. Donganum, on the phone because I am technically, as I talk to our super producer, Kyrie, not back from maternity leave, but the VMAs happened. Nicki Minaj is happening. And I felt the need to, even from my home, while my baby scry- cries for the boob, um, you are depriving my baby of food right now, Kyrie, uh, that I wanted to jump on and talk. Fitz is on vacation this week. Um, he deserved it because I've been on uh, a not-so-vacation for the last two months, but happy to to be here to talk with you, Kyrie. Um, and let's just get right to it. Like, first of all, we'll get into the Nikki stuff in a second. Quick thoughts on the VMAs, which, by the way, I only watched because I knew I was going to talk to you about them. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> right? No. Nah. What'd you think? I think overall, I think it's what we expect it to be. You know, it's it's whatever. It's the VMAs. Who even watches music videos anymore? I mean, I do, but as far as the mass public. Well, listen, but MTV doesn't even play music videos, which is why it's so rich to me that they have, like, best video of the year. and best. <laughs> you don't even play any of these. So how would anyone that purely watches MTV even know whether uh, Camila Cabello had the best video of the year? You don't play it. Right, exactly. And... <laughs> It's it's a sham because I don't know how the Carters do not get best video when they shut down the Louvre Thank you. in Paris to Thank shoot a you. video in front Thank of the you. Mona Lisa. But that's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other conversation. I'd say some of the bigger highlights from the VMAs were J-Lo and her oh, yeah, performance. Um, she shut it down, and I give it to J-Lo because she has been relevant since she was a chunky fly girl on In Living Color. Um <laughs> But I, I do agree with some of the public opinion in that how do you give someone like a Jennifer Lopez a Video Vanguard Award before you give someone like Prince or Missy mm-hmm. Elliott one, um, who are true artists. I mean, J-Lo is a true entertainer, and I will She's not take hustler. that away from her. She's a hustler. But how do you recognize, if it's supposed to be about the music aspect of it, how do you not recognize, um, I mean, Prince is an icon, and I'd say Missy Elliott, who really, especially for her time, kind of revolutionized not only what it was to be a producer and a performer and and a dancer and an innovator. I mean, she checked every box when she was hot for a longer amount of time than J-Lo did in the music landscape. So I do understand. So I hate to be like the what about is, well, what about this person? What about that person? But I did have a little bit of an issue with the fact that there was probably some more deserving artists that could have got that kind of quote unquote iconic award, if you will. However, I felt that way until she came out there in that gold, and I was like, "Never mind, you're so hot, and do whatever you want, J Lo." Yeah, no, I, I I do agree with you on that because Missy Elliott revolutionized the music video in itself with with "Can't Stand the Rain." That was probably one of the best what? videos of all time. But also, we gotta big up my man Ja Rule because it was nobody more excited <laughs> to be at the VMAs than Ja Rule. Fresh from the Fry Festival, uh, Ja Rule, who has only been relevant of late because of, A, the Fry Festival and because he just keeps trolling people on Twitter. Um, That was fun. It was fun to see that because, again, it took you back to – it was very nostalgic. It took you back to a time where, um, you know, it was him and J-Lo and him and Ashanti and – 
well, really just those two. Um, <laughs> and so that was really fun. And I, I'll give that to you. Like it was fun. She did. She killed a performance. She's an amazing performer. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from her and I'll leave it there. The other big talker from the VMAs was Madonna and her oh. not so um, inspirational tribute to Aretha Franklin, which, what by the way, that? she later said was not supposed to be a tribute to Aretha Franklin. It was just supposed to be a couple of comments about Aretha Franklin thrown together at the last minute. And that's what she came up with. But it was just like 30 minutes of rambling about how great she was with just a mention of the Queen of Soul every now and again. My thing is, why even do it? If you know you're not going to have time to prepare, if it's a last minute thing, why not do a video montage, do something like the Grammys? Why would you disrespect the legacy of anybody that just died, period, but especially Aretha Franklin, dressed like what, Joan of Arc? They were saying she was dressed like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I will say they didn't do any any favors by like before she even got on stage, like putting this giant picture of Aretha up because you assumed a tribute was coming. So if that's not what they had discussed, they did not do her any favors. Um, I would have actually liked to seen a little bit more of a tribute to Aretha Franklin. I mean, we've seen people die last minute before these big award shows and they find a way to incorporate that artist more. Um, And Aretha Franklin is, is an icon. I mean, she is the queen of soul. In fact, I was really lucky Kyrie that uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago. She came to, Connecticut and she came and performed at Mohegan Sun and me and my husband went because not only was she calling it her farewell tour which a lot of them have done but because she just meant so much to me as a lover of music and I was Mm -hmm. like this is probably the last time that we'll ever be able to see her perform and I've made sure to make a habit nowadays of going and supporting the artists that I've always loved while I still can right like appreciating them while I while I still could I saw Prince um, I've seen Stevie Wonder who is still hanging tough and that's Mm -hmm. great but I've seen him every time he comes and I got a chance to see Aretha and she was sick at the time she wasn't feeling great and she was incredible and I just I wish that would have done a little bit more. I know that's not really their audience, right? Like if this was the Grammys and she had died uh, right before the Grammys, maybe they would have done a little bit more, but I wish they would have done more. For that to be the biggest talker that Madonna, who nobody knew had any connection to Aretha and clearly she didn't, for her to say a few words, it just felt like they had a real missed opportunity. I agree. I agree. It was bad taste. It was any other thing that you could think of that's bad about a tribute to somebody that's so important and just passed away, it was that. Thank you. Bad taste is the way to do it. Speaking of which, what a natural segue as you're listening to Elle and Fitz talking music. Uh, our producer, super producer Kyrie getting his well-deserved shine. Um, <laughs> bad taste. I mean, Nicki Minaj, where do I start? <laughs> like, what in, first of all, have you heard Queen? I have. I have heard Queen, yes. Okay, and your thoughts? Okay, so overall, like everybody else is saying, it's too long. Like, in a day of streaming albums, if you don't have 25 bangers or whatever how many out, uh, records she has then don't put that many records on there do a bonus thing later on or whatever so that's number one it's too long but the, the the barbie dreams record that everybody's talking about i do like that i do like the way that she flipped the you know the biggie smalls dreams record and and and, and put it on the rap you know the, the male rappers i think that's cool but i think that's a mixtape record that's a that's a record you put on the radio before the album drops that thursday night just to get you know just for the streets but to put it on your album is like ah you trying you trying too hard you a little thirsty but overall the album is cool i'm not gonna hate the album is cool it's not the best that I've heard, but it's not the worst. And I think the expectations for, was for the album to be so bad that everybody was going to troll it. And then when it came out to be all right, everybody was like, okay, let's just sit back and, and uh, 
you know, give her a fair shake. And then all this happened and she just threw all that out the window. Thank you. I think she self-destructs. She ends up um, kind of making it about not the music. Right now, if you Google Nicki Minaj, it's not rave reviews for the album. It's about her petty fight, picking a fight with Travis Scott, um, taking issue with the way that he essentially sold um, his records, if you will, wrapping them up with merchandise and concert tickets as well, which, which I would did. say is just innovating. Like he's, he's innovate. He's doing what he needs to do, which is exactly what you would do in the same situation. You would do what you need to do to sell albums. That's the name of the game, Kyrie. So how can you take issue with Travis Scott, one of the biggest artists in the world? I mean, she acts like she acts like she came in second behind kids, Bob. She is so <laughs> outraged that Astro World, a very highly anticipated artist, Art, um, album from a huge artist could possibly top her and not by a lot either I mean not by we're not talking about he did 12 million sales and she did 200,000 it wasn't by a ton um, and and for her to take so much issue and attack him and then you bring up Kylie or, or I'm sorry whatever one which yeah Kylie you bring it you bring up the baby you bring, it's just it's just become it's such a joke. She has become such a sideshow. And listen, Kyrie, I have never been a fan of Nicki Minaj. Like, just personally, she's just not really my style. And I don't think that that makes you a hater if someone just doesn't resonate with you as an artist. She just never has. Not ever. Like, I've never really dug her style. Um, there are definitely songs that she has, that she's on, that she's had on her albums that I will jam to. You know, I, listen. I was at a party this weekend and I was DJing it. And guess what? Okay. At some point I put on truffle butter. I'm like, because that, so there are songs that she has that I will absolutely go there, but I'm just not a big fan of hers. I don't anticipate her albums. I don't really care. I don't listen to them as soon as they come out. It takes me a while. I typically hear them kind of just, you know, through life, right? Like you're somewhere and you hear Gone to Dreams and you're like, oh, that's not a bad song. I'm just not a big fan of hers. Um, when I was doing radio in Atlanta, we, you know, I did, I hosted a party she was the special guest and she was not so special. She was just kind of like a like terrible um, to deal with. And I just thought it was, was just not, it just wasn't a great look for her um, at the beginning of her career. So I had a bad taste in her mouth. So I'm just going to be completely honest about the fact that my opinion is a little bit biased when it comes to Nikki, because I, the, you know, the past issue that I had with her and, and, um, and kind of the way she conducted herself towards the beginning of her career, but when she was still pretty famous, um, all that aside, it, it just, I don't understand what her motivation is, Kyrie. Like you go after Cardi B, you always have issues with other people. You've picked fights with other female rappers. It's as if you cannot somehow exist in a world unless you validate yourself as the best. You have to be the best. You have to be, it seems like there's so much ego that gets in the way of Nicki Minaj. And I just don't, I don't know how that at this point in her career is doing her any favors. I know, I know. And I'm glad that you brought up the Cardi, the Cardi point, because I think we're all, I know that I am, and I'm, I know you are also, we're all fans of Cardi B, just because of what she represents, you know, to come up and everything like that. And it's like to bully this woman is getting to a point now where even people that are like passive fans of Nicki Minaj are looking at her crazy. 
absolutely. What are you doing? Why are you picking? But again, it also goes back to the thing, and this is, listen, I'm sensitive to the subject as a black woman. It goes back to the thing, well, why can't black women, why can't you be happy for another black rapper or another black woman in general or just a woman in general, right, in a male-dominated industry, in particular in a male-dominated genre? Why is it not okay that women are on the come-up? Why is it not okay that Cardi B is breaking records and she's she's doing things that you initially did too and that you can thank people like MC Light and Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown for as well? It's, it's, it's funny to me how female rappers are a lot like what Chris Rock has said about you know, black comedians, like there's, can only be one famous black comedian at a time, right? Yep. Like they don't, they never let it be more than one. Like right now it's Kevin Hart, you know, and before yep. it was Chris Rock and then it was Chris Tucker. And it's, it's felt that way my entire life when it comes to female MCs as well, female rappers is that there's only ever room for one. And we finally have this opportunity where these women are making strides in the industry and they're doing more. And when you go after Cardi B, someone who self-admittedly came from nothing, was on a pole, was doing these things and just kept at her craft and was true to herself, and is just having fun. Like, how her personality is infectious. It's contagious how happy she is. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm happy for her. Like, it's, it is, it's fun to just see this happening to someone who genuinely appreciates it. Like, it's genuine. She seems genuine. And that is something to me that Nicki Minaj has never had. She has never seemed authentic to me. She has always seemed like some type of character. And I just think that she has gotten to a point where it is consistently about making headlines for the wrong reasons than it is about focusing on the music. And I think you hit a great point there. If she'd have just laid the out and shut up and let people fight for her. Let other people say, you know what? World is bomb, but this Queen album is actually not that bad. Y'all should listen to it. It was one week, one week of less than stellar sales according to you, according to your vision, and you start attacking other people in the industry? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You should have let word of mouth spread, and you should have let people fight your battle for you instead of yet again coming off as petty and ungrateful. Exactly, and that's the key word, ungrateful, because even though you're number two, you sold what two hundred or one hundred and eighty, ninety thousand records in this Thank climate. You. Like you're Thank winning. You. I think you know uh, people on other networks have said it best with that. Um, let me ask you this because yep. I, I, I'm interested to know your take on this because we know that this is Nicki Minaj's first album in like four years since the Pink Print, I believe, and the music industry has changed drastically even from then. Like. I think people were still kind of buying CDs in 2014, very small amounts of people. But with these streaming services that we've gotten the past couple of years, it's totally out the window. Do you think because she was somewhat removed from, you know, creating music and putting it out for consumption that she's reacting like this in a way because she just wasn't prepared and she didn't know what the landscape was out here as as opposed to somebody like Drake, who's been, you know, consistent every year dropping a project? I certainly hope not, Kyrie, because when push comes to shove, whether you have the business acumen or not to understand what's happening, that's what the people around you are for. That's what you pay all those managers and business people and marketing people and recordings. That's what you pay all those people for, to know those things for you. I think this comes down to ego, plain and simple. I think it just boils down to her ego and the fact that she felt like she should have been number one. And here's my thing. If you felt like you should have had the number one album, you should have released your album two months ago when you were supposed to release your album, and then you wouldn't have had to go up against Travis Scott, who by the way is very talented and he's doing something different and come on we have heard Nicki Minaj I haven't done radio in 
eight years now. Nicki Minaj has been around for a long time. I know what her deal's going to be. I'm not saying that she is not capable of releasing a good song and a fun song, but I know who she is. You know, Travis Scott's doing something a little bit different. And while you can say, oh, well, autotune's been done before, and that's, that's all well and good. The way he performs, the things that he says, I think he's just new. People like new. They like exactly. fresh, and he's still fresh. And people wanted to hear Astroworld, and they wanted to see what he was going to bring to the table. And they wanted to, to do that, and they were more interested. But not even by that much. I mean, again, Kyrie, he sold, what, 200-something thousand? Like, it's not like he blew her out of the water. I think he had a really interesting concept, and I think his music is dope, and I really like Astroworld. And I was checking for Astroworld when it came out. You yeah, know, me when, too. In the grand scheme of things, people were texting me like, have you heard it yet? Have you heard it yet? What do you think? I, I think he had a better buildup. I think he had a better promotional tour. He has been on more things. He's had really innovative and cool kind of creative performances. So I just think his buildup was better. I think there's more interest there because we've been listening to Nicki Minaj for the last 10 years. Like, we don't, we don't have that same, you know, kind of body of work from Travis Scott. And so we're still interested in what he's got to say. Laura Bancroft. We still don't know what that means. <laughs> Thank you. So, listen, I think we should pull somebody in who is obviously very in on the radio scene, and he is a guy uh, who I feel like we only call Kyrie when it comes to controversy. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but he's he's someone that is, you know, in the New York scene. He's very much in the know, and he fully understands kind of – perhaps the business side of things and maybe where Nicki Minaj is coming from. Cause I don't want to just sit here and pile on her. I'm just really interested um, on what people kind of behind the scenes are saying about what we'll call these antics. What's up y'all. It's the heavy hitter, hot nine, three, seven zone DJ Craig G top floor. And you're listening to Alan Fitz talking about music on ESPN. Keep it locked. Kyrie, as you know, joining us now, um, I'd like to say that he's like fam, right? Like he's a friend of the podcast and uh, there's not really much that he can't do or say or talk about. I'm talking about my man, Peter Rosenberg. You can watch him on Open Late with Peter Rosenberg on Complex, which, by the way, is like the only TV station network now where you can actually watch videos um, anymore. And we do that quite a bit. Uh, you can hear him on Hot 97 in the mornings and on ESPN Radio 98.7 on the Michael K Show. Peter, your girl Nicki Minaj is wildin', dog. Like, what is your take on what has transpired over the last, I'd like to say a few days, but really with Nicki, it's, it's been going on for a while now, this seemingly endless cycle of pettiness. What's your take? Well, first of all, um, thank you for dragging me into this because I absolutely <laughs> have been trying to keep my mouth shut. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I, I don't know. I guess there are a couple of ways of looking at it. I mean, number one, it's an, I think it's an honest look somewhat into what Nikki is like, um, for better or for worse, depending who you ask. Um, you know, she is the kind of person who has a lot to say, and you, you can't say she has zero validity. There are things that make this process in terms of album sales really whack, and she's expressing some of those things. That's great. The problem with that is she participates in some of that whackness herself. Um, so now acting as if Travis Scott's the only person to benefit is probably ill-advised. Um, and then there's also the part of just like, why Travis Scott? Like, he's just a good dude who makes good music, who's really never had a problem with anyone. Um, 
And to me, that's probably what I find the most irritating. And it puts you in this situation where if you don't side with her, it's like you're against her and, oh, you don't want to hear a woman's voice. But it's like, well, hold on one second. There's a little bit more to it than that. So there's a lot of layers, though. Thank you. Because, listen, I was just saying this to Kyrie. It's not like she came in second behind, now that's what I call Music 63. This is Travis Scott. I mean, he's one of the biggest voices in hip-hop at this moment. He's quite popular. His music is dope. And I guess from a business perspective, for for kind of the layman who just sees her going on a rant about what you kind of ascribed as some of the BS that comes along with, with tracking record sales, what's the issue here? Because from a layman you might say, okay, well, he's innovating. He wrapped up some of his album sales with, like, merchandising and concert tickets. What's wrong with any of that, and why is she so upset? Does it, simp- does it come down to simple brass tacks of she wanted to be number one, or is she upset because there's actual money and incentives potentially rolled up and whether she has a number one, you know, streaming album? Well, that's, that's the part that I was alluding to that, I, yeah, I think is confusing because she had a package – she was selling, I believe, poster, poster, title, subscription, album. So I'm a little confused. And then on top of that, she also, um, halfway through the week when she saw her sales weren't great, she added a song, a really popular song to her album that is not her song. Fifi. Not her six nine song. Yes. Right. So, so she also, you know, kind of got a favor from Takashi because it's his record, um, and did that halfway through the week to boost sales. So I'm just like so confused. Like, it just seems, it seems, it does seem petty, and it does seem hypocritical. It's it's just so confusing. Like, why, 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 why is this the route to go? I, I'm, if there's a part of it, okay. There may be some layer to it of, you know, Apple was unfair because, or Spotify was unfair because both her and Drake did the same thing, but Drake got different treatment, okay? Maybe that right. happened because she has a show on Apple Radio, and, uh, so does, and so did Drake, and yet, you know, Drake didn't get what she's getting. Okay, well, listen, the easy way to describe that is then – uh simple case of sexism, let's move on. Uh, but that's not how the world works. Like, there is a lot of nuance, and I can't speak for everyone, um, but, you know, uh, as, as progressive as I am, and I would be described as on the most, the furthest end of progressive, I can't just go assuming that because someone who's of some sort of minority group has something bad happen, that that's the only reason that it could have happened. And in this case, what if Drake... People have a different relationship. What if Drake is easier to deal with? What if, who knows? Who knows? But now, but now you end up in a situation, like I said, where you sort of look like an uncaring person or like you don't care about the plight of women if you're saying, well, you're, you're making the point that I just made, but I, I just don't think that's fair. I don't know that that's the reason when I think we all would be disingenuous if we said that Nikki isn't a very, very unique individual. You are listening to Ellen Fitz talking music. Fitz is on vacation this week, so I, L am chatting with Peter Rosenberg. Listen, can, can, can 
can we just call a spade a spade? I mean, could it possibly? Is it within the realm of possibility, Peter, that maybe, maybe this just comes down to the fact that Drake got more promotion because Drake's name at the time of this album coming out was predominantly in headlines, not always for great reasons, but let's be honest, like Drake was just... He had a highly anticipated album coming, and I'm not saying that Nicki Minaj didn't. That among the Barbie fans and stands, that they, it wasn't anticipated. But it doesn't. They're, not all things are created equal. He probably got the promotion, and it worked out well for Spotify. Look what he did: billions of streams. I mean, I just, I, I, I think at some point it comes down to the fact too of just like it's taste. This is a very, it's very difficult in the music industry, and as someone that's you know got my own. Um, uh, I'll say issues with Nicki Minaj um, that go back a long time. Like, I don't think you're a hater if you just aren't a fan of someone's particular type of music. I've never been a big fan of her type of music. Um, I wouldn't put Drake up against the greatest in the world, right? Like, I'm not calling him Tupac, but I'd say that Drake has consistently for many, many, many years just continued to deliver hits. And I, I feel like we're trying to compare apples and oranges here. Like, if people just didn't really want to stream Queen more than they wanted to stream World, what's the problem? Why does that make anybody sexist? Why does that make anybody a cheater? Why do we have to involve little baby? Maybe Stormy, who didn't have anything to do with it. Like, I just don't understand why it can't just come down to maybe some people. I know people who are huge in hip hop, love female rappers, and just don't mess with Nicki Minaj. They just don't like her style. I'd be one of them. So why can't we just leave it at that? Why does it have to be, from Nicki's vantage point, some kind of sexism or some kind of deliberate plot to keep her or punish her because she has an Apple Music show? Maybe Drake is just greater than. You know, listen, uh, that is a completely reasonable argument. Um, the fact of the matter is Drake is the biggest hip-hop artist and maybe the, and eh, I, I think maybe the biggest artist, period. Right. Uh, when it comes to adults listening to music, um, Drake is, I think, yeah, I think that's a safe way to put it. When it comes to like, adults listening to music, people over the age of like 15, I think Drake is probably the biggest artist in the world. So, I don't understand. So your situation was different than his. Yeah. And by the way, she's right. She's pointing out some things that are true. There are lots of shady things going on with the streaming services and how it equates to people's sales, but it's affecting everybody. That's just what everyone is affected. So you're a hundred percent right. And the reason that I particularly disagree with Nikki on this is like, She's treating, she's treating Travis like he's just some dude who put out an album. He is not. Travis Scott is one of – Travis Scott has probably had his style jacked by other artists more than anyone else over the last five years. Um, he yeah, I put a, up there with Future. <laughs> yeah, that too. Right? But he's had, he's had such a huge influence. Um, pardon the New York City in the background right now. Um, Travis is not just any random artist. Like, she just called him, like – Okay, auto tune man or whatever she said. I'm like, Nikki, come on, man, you're Stop. you're really selling short someone who is a huge influence and who has a huge fan base. I mean, go to a Travis show. He's really, really, really big. Um, and talented. It's just it's just an interesting, super talented. I mean, I think I love Astro World. It's, it's certainly more my cup of tea. Even though I think Nikki put together a nice album, I certainly was more excited about Astro World, but. I don't know. It, it, I just, it, you can find it entertaining. Um, I know her fans do. The thing is, like, she spends a lot of time gearing her energy 
towards two groups, haters and barbs. And she doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about just the average music consumer who doesn't hate Nikki, who doesn't, isn't obsessed with Nikki. They just like songs they hear on the radio and decide to listen to albums or not. Wow. And I don't think she spends a lot of time worried about those people. And I think a lot of her album sales are gobbled up by people who are obsessive. I don't think she has a ton of casual fans. Travis is in a different space. Travis has a really big fan base, but really he's just become a general mainstream audience popular artist. You know, I'm 39, and I listened to his album the second it came out. So it's just, it's, it's, it, they're different. It's apples and oranges. There's a really interesting... That's a really interesting like take, and I have not heard that take before, and I think you're 100% right. I've never thought of it, that you're right. It's like she either fo- she focuses on the extremes, um, but that's not where you sell. Not everyone that, not the billions of people that stream Drake's albums are huge Drake fans or Drake haters. They're just people who enjoyed that song for whatever reason. Maybe they heard it at an arena, or they heard it at a Macy's, um, or they heard it on the radio, or they are fans, but you're right. His ability to kind of, whether you love what he has to say lyrically or not, his ability to get you to feel something to dance to uh for some reason be 50 years old and and on a new set and still post whether kiki loves you or not like he has that ability to do that and to affect mainstream people and i don't know that nikki's ever had the ability to do that um is this symptomatic peter rosenberg of maybe the fact that she had to cancel this tour with future which she is blaming on a, a lack of preparation because she postponed her album by a couple of months some people are saying it's because it was slow. They're, they're, the ticket sales weren't there. Um, I know personally, again, I love Future. I'm from Atlanta. I'm a big Future fan and have been since he first came out. And I was not uh, going to go to this tour simply because I didn't want to see Nicki Minaj. It's just not really my cup of tea. Um, some people are saying that's why the album sales have lacked. And so that's why she's decided to postpone this tour until next May. That's really unorthodox nowadays, right, to start touring in America almost a year later after you release an album uh, to support that album. I mean, what's the point by next May? I, I didn't even realize she had, that they had said it's going to be that far down the road. Um, that is very interesting because that is it's a long time away. And, you know, it, it actually goes back to the last point. Um, if you tour a year after your album, eight months, nine months, ten months, whatever it is after your album, a full baby cycle after your album. That means that the only people waiting to see you perform that song, those songs, are the aforementioned barbs we just talked yep. about. Yep. No one else, no one else sits around waiting to be like, oh my God, it's May. I need to see how Ganja Burn <laughs> sounds live. That just doesn't mean that I've never. You only do that with the artist you're, like, most obsessed with. And Correct. Going right back to that, and to, like, what you just said, what we were just talking about, you know, Drake and Migos are at the Garden on Friday. And I'm likely going, even though I don't walk around obsessed with Drake or Migos. But, damn, that sounds like a fun show. You know, like, that just sounds like, that sounds like what the club sounds like, is Drake yep. and Migos. So, um, wait, I got two tickets in a suite. I'm not going to go just hang out in the suite and have a couple of drinks. Why not? <laughs> of course. That's, and I think everyone would have that logic for that show. And I just, I'm not sure. But like the fact that he's pushing to May, 
you know, Drake pushed his tour back a couple of weeks. But cut, cut, pushing your tour back, like, how, wait, what month was it supposed to start? Uh, September. <laughs> it was supposed to start in three weeks. Wow, that is a really... Yeah. That's a really yeah. long delay. And she's admitted that, so they're going to, they're saying that they're going to still do the European leg of the tour, which would start at the end of February. They're still going to do that, but they're moving the North American part of the tour to next May. And because of that, that future probably will not headline with her in the North American uh, part of the tour because he's got prior engagement so that she'll have to figure something else out. And she's saying it's because, again, like she just wants to make sure she's giving fans the best, you know, bang for their buck and she hasn't chance to make the, the concert and the show what it needs to be because she's been so busy working on the album, which she also admitted uh, that she was working on until the day before it was released. So I just think, you know, I just wonder if this is symptomatic of of, of Nikki feeling like, and it all really started with Cardi B, it, it's a whole other conversation why black women just can't be happy for other black women. Like, why do you have to come for Cardi B? She's a great story. It's a great feel-good story, whether you like her. I love Cardi B personally. She's resonated with people for a reason. And for you to come after her and to be petty and to start reminding people that, and then now you're telling people that you're the Harriet Tubman. I mean, it just feels like she's losing control and losing grip of whatever it was that she felt like she was entitled to. It seems like it's just coming from a place of entitlement, which is, you know, that's not what the record industry is about. It's, is as you know, what have you done for me lately? Um, is your song hot? Do we enjoy your music? And she just seems to be wilding out. The interesting thing uh, about it from a storyline standpoint is, is that like a few months ago, um, I started hearing the murmurs kind of around of people being like, ooh, what's Nikki doing? Um, her performance on SNL was widely panned. Um, people were like, this is not a good look. Um, then it's like she keeps quelling it by making good music. So, like, then Chun-Li comes out, and people really love Chun-Li. Did really well. I, th- I, re- I really enjoyed Chun-Li. I thought it was uh-huh. a kind of classic-sounding record. And it got people being like, oh, wait, you know what? Nikki's all right. Then as time goes on, she started devolving again. She did an interview and talked about Cardi B to Zan Lowe, and she did this and she did that. And it keeps like, it's like her personality keeps creeping out and, and screaming and, and kind of pushing people away. And then she surprised, I think, a lot of people by dropping a pretty sound album. I mean, I think it's a little bit long, but I really do think it has a bunch of good music on it. Like she would have had... She still probably does have herself three or four songs on that album that will play on the radio for a while. And she will sell albums over time because she has some real growers on that one. The one with Foxy Brown is really great. Um, Ganja Burn is really good. Uh, The Nas record's really great. So she has some really good tunes on that. But it's like just as soon as she makes good music to make people forget about the other stuff, she like can't get out of her own way. She now she's now she's really made this a whole issue about other stuff where she's making people choose between her and Travis. It just seems like a risky game to play. And I, you know, listen, I I, I feel like a lot of I feel bad with you and I and many other people seemingly having the same opinion about it. I don't like being that media person who's jumping into the conversation the way everyone else is, but. She's also making it challenging to not do that. 
I agree. The self-sabotage thing, I think, is is something that we've talked about quite a bit. And I know we have to let you go. Um, So with that, I will leave you with this. The last time we talked, we had to talk about slavery. And we're going to end talking about slavery. Peter Rosenberg, more self-sabotage, more egregious. Kanye West in the realm of slavery, saying black people had a choice. Or Nicki Minaj comparing herself to Harriet Tubman. Uh, it, it's when you really put it in that context. <laughs> what is going on? What is what happening? Is happening? <laughs> what I, is I, happening? I, it, I know it really listen. is. Uh, it's bonkers. I mean, listen, Kanye is still substantially worse. You know, Nikki's was obviously just sort of in bad taste. Sure. Kanye's Kanye's was like a really clear decision to say something moronic and inaccurate and offensive and uneducated. Um, Nikki is just like, Sam, why? Please. When was the last time, when was the last time you or anyone else invoked Harriet Tubman's name? This is not the way to do it. This is, this is, it certainly isn't. And yet and still, Kanye, I would agree with you, more egregious and still not canceled. A whole other conversation, Peter Rosenberg. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast per usual. And I can't wait for someone else to undoubtedly do something ridiculous, at which point we will call you and bring you in yet again. We are going to talk to you about things that aren't so incredibly ridiculous and petty. You know that. I am all good with whatever, as long as the phone rings, I'm here. (laughs) Always. We appreciate you again. You can watch Peter Rosenberg on Open Late with Peter Rosenberg on Complex uh, Hot 97. You can hear him uh, every day and, of course, on ESPN Radio, The Michael K Show, 98.7. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Al. Bye. You know, Kyrie, I wanted to get your opinion. I was hoping you'd jump in, but um, I have a way of dominating conversation. <laughs> I want to get your opinion on something that I thought what Peter said was really interesting that I didn't think about with Nicki Minaj and your thoughts on what he said in that she always focuses on the two extremes of fandom, the people that are diehard Barb fans, the stands, the ones that are you know go hard for her, and the ones that she deems as haters, but she really doesn't pay enough attention to the casual fan who's just interested in good music. Yeah, I I thought that was really interesting. And it's true when you sit back and think about it after Peter said that. Um, Now, I don't want to be disrespectful or, or, uh, you know. That's okay, be disrespectful. (laughs) No, but but not not necessarily to her, but just to this community, what I'm going to say. Because if you think about it, it's the barbs, like the super fans, and it's the quote-unquote haters. There's another name for that that's kind of like in the mental, uh, you know, psych- psychological world, which is bipolar. Like it's extremes. <laughs> it's like manic or depressive. It, you know, it's like it's crazy. So I'm not trying to say that Nicki Minaj is bipolar or I'm not trying to diagnose her with any, uh, you know, mental dilapidating disease because I'm I just don't have that credibility. But that's what comes to mind. It's like, yo, this is crazy. Like. How can you, you focusing on only the people that love you, you're only getting one perspective. And if you're only focused on the people that quote unquote hate you, then you're only getting one perspective. I think like you said, what about all these people in the middle that are like on the fence? Like, you know, I'm not really even sure how I feel about it, but let me hear the music and let me just, let me see it. Let me check it out. Let me see the concert, which is not even going to happen now. 
absolutely. Well, because, you know, people are very, when, when you have those kind of casual listeners or ca- the undecideds, if you will, for taking a political stand on this, a couple of things can sway them one way or the other. Because it's, it's, it's not that they'll overlook things because they love your music. And it's not that they hate you so much that they won't overlook anything because they, you know, they hate you so much. These people are 100% on the fence and, 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 and swayed one way or the other pretty easily. And hearing someone sound ungrateful and targeting someone for absolutely no reason, someone that even Peter said is just a good dude who's out here just trying to live. He's trying to support his family too and make good music and live his dream. And um, and it's just, it sucks that Nikki has not seemed to understand that there's enough cake for everybody to eat. It's as if anyone that threatens her is a threat and an assault on her life and on her dream and they must go down. And I don't know if she needs that. I don't know if that motivates her. I'm not sure if she needs the haters. Sometimes people do. They need that. They need the volatility mm. of deemed haters in order to to drive them and in order to, to keep their engines turning, to keep their creativity. Because if you notice, a lot of what Nikki raps about is – um, kind of self-aggrandizing and also the people that, that can't stand her, like what they think about her and what she actually is. So it's almost as if she's motivated and thrives on all that negativity, which, listen, she's a huge star. And like if that's worked for her so far and if she can, you know, if that's good with her, that's good. I just imagine at some point um, that's got to be really taxing to just only exist in those two places, surrounding yourself with people that love you no matter what, and also uh, kind of forcing yourself to listen to people that can't stand you it just seems like a really awful place to live it's really interesting because as much as we talk about and you guys talked about a little bit earlier kanye and his love for donald trump (laughs) nikki's tactics are a lot like our president like he uh you know she is on twitter lashing out at her haters giving all this unconditional love to her barbs and just you know kind of off the rails on all these different topics and when all these different people under the bus, it's really similar to somebody else. Make Chun Li great again. That's the new hashtag. <laughs> Listen, we've 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 exhausted this conversation with Nikki, and I'm like super over it. I want to be more positive, and we ask Kyrie, and you're actually the gatekeeper. She's the first person to hear. We always ask you guys to send in um, new artists, new music, because we're lovers of music. It's why we do this podcast. It's really, it's a labor of love. Ellen Fitz talking music. Fitz, of course, on vacation this week. So Kyrie's hanging out with us as he does, well, every single time we do the podcast. He's our producer. Um, but we ask you guys to send music and hit him with the email again, uh, Kyrie. It's L and Fitz talking music at Gmail. It's talking, no G. Talking, right? Like talking, like slick talking. <laughs> um, and uh, we actually didn't even need an email for this one. We got a shout out and we got a, a nice gift from one of our coworkers and a good friend of mine, Alexis Nunez. Love Alexis. Um, actually, she gave us some Trinidadian flavor, some Caribbean flavor, which is fitting because Alexis, if you don't know, is from Jamaica. Um, she's she's amazing. And she sent us the Ultimate Rejects. And like they have a really dope Caribbean vibe. And you said what about their connection with FIFA, Kyrie? It's like the theme song for the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Oh, wow. Um, and and it's it, it, it's really dope. They have a video on their website, ultimaterejects.com, that you can check out. It's a feel-good, very, very feel-good sound. And uh, to quote Alexis, she's getting us ready for Carnival, so... It's dope. Listen, Alexis is always getting ready for carnival. My baby is one month old, and she came over a couple of weeks ago and was telling me, like, let me know when I can teach her how to dagger. And if you don't know <laughs> what daggering is, just Google Jamaican dagger, and you'll see why that is 
wholly inappropriate for a two week old. So um, Alexis is lit, always turn. And she is, like I said, she has so much flavor herself. She is a resident Jamaican. So if she co-signs for fantastic Caribbean music, then we're all for it. And they really are. They're bomb. So again, make sure to send in, uh, you know, if you've got a new artist, if you are a new artist, if you want someone to listen to your music, we'd love to shout you out here on the podcast. Try to get you a little bit of love from the people that listen to us every week. And again, it's been nice to kind of jump back in the saddle with you, uh, awesome. Kyrie, yeah, having so been on maternity leave for the last two and a half months. So I will be back full time uh, and in person in the studio next time you hear me on the podcast. Um, but until then, this has been awesome. Yeah. And we would be remiss. Well, I would anyway. <laughs> if that's even the word you use. I don't, is that the word you use for this? Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm a Giants fan, and I am from oh Jersey, just like any other Jersey person. I say that every opportunity that oh I God. get. And I am so pumped to announce to the podcast viewership that Victor Cruz is now an ESPN employee. I just okay, saw him walking yeah. through the uh, the halls. He's going to be on the podcast soon. He's going to talk music, Jersey music, probably a lot of Fetty Wap, you know, shout to Patterson. <laughs> Um, I'm just excited, man. As, as a Jersey, we're not talking about Fetty Wap with Victor Cruz. That's not happening. Although if we did, we could run through his whole discography in about 15 seconds. We've got those two. Yo, that's um, petty. <laughs> no shade. No, I'm super pumped for Victor Cruz as well. I mean, he's got so much flavor, so much swag, um, and just excited that he's a part of the team. And also because I uh, low key woman crush Wednesday and women crush every day on Karuchi. I love her. I think she is like the cutest thing in the world. So I'm going to talk to Victor about whether he can like bring her up to. Like, you're cool, Victor and all, but bring Karuchi around because, like, we love her and we want to <laughs> see her. And she knows plenty about music as well. So, right. um, yeah, excited for that. Excited for football season to start. So we finally have, like, real things to talk about. Although if Nicki Minaj keeps wiling out, we'll have plenty. Um, so, we'll you know, we'll keep continue to keep finding new ways to incorporate sports and music. Um, the intersection between those two is where this podcast exists. Uh, and again, Fitz on vacation. He'll be back next time. Kyrie, we're going to get you talking more. Like even when Fitz is here, like you, you're the driving force behind this podcast. You got plenty to say. You got to You got to jump in and talk to us a little more, dude. I appreciate that, and I and I will. Thanks, I, and I appreciate you guys because, like, you guys keep saying it's a labor of love. We do it because we love music, and I can't think of two better hosts than you guys and, and Listen, Peter. Sometimes we're the love. You're all the labor. Like, let's just be real. <laughs> you do all the work. So, thank you for what you do. Thank you guys for listening. If you have ideas um, for us, make sure to hit us up. I'm at L Duncan ESPN, uh, and you can hit up at Jason. Is it Jason Fitz ESPN? Jason Fitz just at Jason F-I-T-Z. F-I-T-Z. And if you have any ideas for the podcast, you can always let us know. We'll talk about whatever you guys want. It's it's very easy and very fluid. This podcast is. Until then, go listen to Astro World because it's better. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Bye, Kyrie.